because there were some there were some points where I was just like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I didn't want to be fake and like look it up now and it's like pretend like I had the knowledge already. So I'm just going to let you explain the stuff that I didn't know. No, well, those, those are some good questions. There were some good questions, Tony. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, Xenogenesis, no one, no one ever mentions that. Thank you, thank you. I, 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 the guest always has my back. I appreciate that. It's not that I don't have your back. I'm I'm being honest with the people that like I didn't know what you were talking about. So I was like, I could Google it so I could pretend like I already knew. But you know, I, I'm trying to be honest here. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, welcome to Too Young for This Shit, an adolescent addicted to action. Um, today is a big episode. They're all big episodes. But this one's maybe one of the bigger ones. Um, we're going to be talking about James Cameron, the filmmaker, the action institution. And today I'm joined with uh, joined by Mr. Peter Leon, my co-host. Hello. And we have a very special guest, Mr. Adrian Johnson, an illustrator, a podcaster, a YouTuber, a James Thank Cameron you very much. fan, Adrian. Yes, yes, very much an enthusiast to, to a point, I will say. But as we'll get into, <laughs> yeah, you got to be objective about it, right? No, no one is without their their flaws, I think. But James sure. Cameron, I, I, especially, I I, I want to talk about him because he kind of he brought me into action in a lot of ways as a kid. Like he's one of the first big directors in general I gravitated towards, and he's one of the first you know one making action films that kind of got me really excited about action as a kid. So like, um. You know, I I uh, I think Pete's answer is the same as me. I, I'm pretty sure I saw T2 first of James Cameron's films. If it wasn't T2, it was Aliens, but I'm almost positive yep. it was T2. Pete, that's correct, right? Yeah, T2 for sure. And Adrian, so is that the same for you? Yeah, yeah, almost to a T. Yeah, right. So, like, how old were you when you saw T2? Hmm. Uh, I saw it actually on video cassette. I didn't see it in a movie. Um, it was one of those things. Remember how big T2 was when it came out for home video? Oh, yeah. You know, it was one of those joints where it was like, oh, sponsored by Pepsi or Pizza Hut, one of those. <laughs> so, my <laughs> so my dad ended up getting a video cassette, right? And that's one of the few times I can recall as a family. You know, my mom, my dad, me and my sister were all in the living room watching this thing. And man, I was like, wow, this is crazy. This it's, is, a, it's a good crazy. family film. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. I remember, actually, for me, it's like the first movie I remember being like a, a huge phenomenon was like the Batman movie, the first one, because I remember like it was everywhere. And then T2 had like a jawbreaker candy. It was like the Terminator's head. And like as a kid, I was like, well, this movie must be important. They have candy. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's being represented in the different markets. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was inescapable. And so. Let me ask you, with the family, you remember? Did your whole family enjoy it? Or was it like, eh, mom and dad were like, eh, a little hit or miss? Or? We uh, we all enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what totally. I want to That's what James Cameron does. He brings families together. <laughs> exactly. He, he, he's had a few himself. I mean, Yeah, he also guy, tears you know. families apart, but. <laughs> Give it and he take it. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, okay, so uh, we, we all kind of saw T2. I, I think I went to Aliens next and then probably T1. I think that's my trajectory. Like, Adrian, is that kind of about right for you too? Yeah, that that's remarkable because that's exactly what happened. You know, after I saw T2, I didn't acknowledge James Cameron as the guy who did it, I just knew T2 is a hell of a movie, you know, to right. me as a 12 year old. Right. Um, and then I saw Aliens on like syndicated television. One of those things where like you're watching TV on a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday. It's like the 
Saturday afternoon movie on one of those syndicated stations. Right. And that's how I saw Alien. So I saw the, the truncated, edited for TV version, you know. But it was still great nonetheless, you know. And then that's when I started to get an inkling of, who is this? Who is this guy? You know? Right. And like, so Pete, like, so did you, uh, was Aliens next on the on the menu for you? Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Like, I didn't really realize who the directors were of all my favorite action movies when I was watching them as a kid. It wasn't until later in life. I think yeah. maybe the first, oh, man, I, I feel like the first time I recognized like James Cameron as being responsible for all these films is when I really liked True Lies. And I was just like, wait a minute, this guy made Terminator and Terminator 2 and Aliens. And then I, I saw True Lies and then I checked out The Abyss. And uh, yeah, I got rejected um, by a girl for the first time in my life, asking her to go see uh, Titanic. Maybe it was just too long, dude. Maybe she totally dug you, but, she, you know, it's like a four hour commitment. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, I was also in the seventh grade. It was like the worst day of my life at that point. Oh, man. Yeah. And then I ended up going to see Titanic with my parents. And then that became the worst day of my life because I was like, I could have been here with a girl. But instead, I'm here in between my mom and my dad. And I want to cry right now, but I can't because I'm with my parents. I'm, I'm, I'm glad your life got better, I assume. Yeah. Like, well, it was just each up. day is progressively worse. So. Yeah, yeah, seventh grade is a good place for that to start. Adrian, your life um, maybe maybe better than Pete's. Like, what's going on? Like, like did did James Cameron ever like destroy your day or? Um, actually, similar to Pete. Oh, what, that's when I started. Well, no, no, no. I take that back. Well, yeah, it was with True Lies. That's when I was like, oh, this James Cameron guy. And then you backtrack to like Point Break. Then yeah. you're like, oh, and all the pieces start to connect. It's like, oh, oh, this is that guy. All right, okay, okay. yeah. yeah, I think for me, it's like as a kid, Spielberg is a name I heard a lot, and I started going, okay, so that he was like, oh, this is what a director it is. That's the guy who behind everything is sort of the author of a movie, at least the closest thing. And I think James Cameron was the number two person who I started like understanding. Actually, George Lucas. That's not true. Okay. Spielberg, Lucas, yeah. and then James Cameron. And what I really loved about James Cameron is, is like to me as a kid, he was sort of like R-rated Spielberg, basically. Like they're going to be crazy ideas, and it's going to be tons of like. You know, there's going to be uh, lots of imagination, but he's also going to take it up a little notch. There's going to be a little more violent. There's going to be some oh. some um, hard fuck words. There's going to be some some good times. And as a kid, that was exactly what I wanted. It was to me like uh, like Image Comics in the 90s, where it's like this is um supposed to be more mature, but it's really not that much more mature. It's just just a little like more nasty. And that's all I can yeah. handle at 11, 14. Yeah. And so like. James Cameron hit the sweet spot. Like I, I was exact right age, I think, for for what he did. Um, True Lies comes around. That's what is that? 94. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So True Lies, I was definitely, you know, all all aboard. I love I love True Lies, and then I think uh, Titanic happened, and Pete knows this about me, and I actually was trying to change this before this uh, this episode. I have not seen Titanic. Hmm. This is you know, that's not... and, and you're <laughs> that's hosting this podcast and i told myself <laughs> and i told you before recording that i'm trying to be a nicer person and i'm trying not to just lash out and yell <laughs> but then you say stupid shit like that and i just have to hold my tongue no, i'm just kidding 
I love no, you. I understand. <laughs> like, you know, it seems like it was a bad experience for you, Pete. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm right to kind of dodge the movie. So well, what? Let me ask you no, let me. Uh, okay. I was going to say, it, it's, a, it's good, right? Yeah. My question it. is, <laughs> why have least, you not seen it? Yeah, at least once. At least. Okay. At, at this point, guys, I do want to see. I've seen Piranha 2. I've seen everything else this dude's done, and that's not good. So, like, and uh, it, it's like, and, and now you know, I'm getting older, so now it's a commitment time, a time commitment thing. It's like, okay, shit, do I have enough time to do this? And I've seen, I, I love the news radio episode, which parodies it. I like the Futurama episode, of par- I like the parodies of it just fine. I think Billy Zane is a great over the top villain, and uh, yeah. yeah, this is him just chewing scenery. I don't know, guys. It's just like, but uh, what was your original reason for not seeing it? Were you just like, this looks like a chick movie? You know, I'm a pretty sensitive guy, man. I, I've seen some chicken movies. I, I don't think that was it exactly, but it was like this. It, I was, you know, 16 or so. I was like, it's a chick movie, which I can handle, but it's a really long one. And mm-hmm. it's a period piece. And so I was getting this kind of five old American tale vibe, but they're not nice anymore. Mm. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. And I, James Cameron, I was like, okay, I know the boat's going to split in half. That'll be cool. And it just kind of slipped through the cracks. And I, I feel like I let James down. You really, you gotta, you have to do it just out of respect to for Bill Paxton. That's true, mm, and I love, yeah. I love Pax. Like, oh god, like he do you though? Any film he's in, <laughs> I'm ride or die with Bill, except for that one time. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Okay. Well, I honestly, I like, part of when I when I started this podcast, I was gonna, I, I knew this episode was gonna happen. I was like, I gotta write, watch this movie, and then I'll like, I'll spring it on Pete, and Pete will be you know impressed, or at least he'll accept me again. And I, I really screwed that up, so I'm sorry, guys. I'll always love you. <laughs> I appreciate that, P. I always love you, too. Um, all right, moving past our love, let's talk about James Cameron. When you watch a James Cameron film now, we've seen we've all seen most of them. It looks like maybe some of us have seen all of them. Like, they're definitely, he, he's one, one of the reasons why I liked uh, growing up with him as, as one of my first directors is that he has a very distinct style, and he, has, uh, he's, he definitely hits a lot of the same notes in a good way in a lot of his movies. Like, when you guys think of James Cameron movies, uh, what do you think of? Like, I'll start with you, Adrian. What, what, what's the first things that jumped to your mind? Immediately, cyan glow, cyan light. Adam Greenberg lighting. Oh man, yeah. come on now. That's yeah, that's a given. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's so true, and it's actually one of the first times as a, as a kid I start uh, realizing, like as a teenager actually, I was like, oh, you, like, these films are you know they can have different color tints and different you know ways of looking. They, I wasn't even really aware of that, but go on. I'm I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, I just it, it's funny because when you think of James Cameron, you kind of think of him as, <clears throat> in a sense, he's almost like a Ridley Scott. Like Ridley mm-hmm. Scott is known for obviously, you know, these um, science fiction artistic pieces, you know, that are just grandiose and just really good, but they can be a bit standoffish. You know, like they don't have a lot of um, like a lot of like uh, personal feeling to them, or or I should say, interaction between the character that is really really deep and meaningful. It's supposed to be like the the wonder of it, or like the horror of it, like these overarching these overarching you know emotions. And I kind of get that from Cameron too. So you know, you have that uh, cool cyan you know glow, that lighting, that kind of almost detaches you from the movie just a little bit but then you have like you know the deep darks you know these mm-hmm. deep blacks you know that counter you know they're kind of like contraposto almost you know that work against it 
you know, and I find that that's in a lot of his earlier movies. And when you get to stuff like um, uh, the, uh, well, yeah, when you get to stuff like The Abyss and After, he starts, you know, coming off that a little bit, you know. Uh, there's more sunshine in this movie, so it's like definitely with true lies and, <laughs> and going forward. And stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there, it's like a definitely, uh, there's definitely a line of uh, demarcation there, you know, between those two phases of Cameron for me. Pete, so you know Adrian stole your answer. Yeah. What else you got in the tank? Oh, my well, yeah, no, I, I was just going to say the color blue. But yeah, I mean, he, he's known for blue lighting and all his movies are love stories, but he's like openly admitted that. So every single Piranha movie. Piranha 2 was probably the most Well, one. I've never seen Piranha 2, but aside no. from that, all his movies are love stories. So, you know, it's mm. like it's kind of his niche. I want to move. Like one of the things, like um, I also think about James Cameron is his design sense. Like the guy can draw, and like you, when you watch Terminator Two and you watch Aliens, you start realizing, oh, some of the futuristic stuff in Terminator Two looks very similar to some of the stuff the Marines are using, and some of the, the guns and tech. And that's because it all feels of a piece. And I really enjoy that about his movies. That Cyberdyne looks like they make the stuff that the the clo- co- Colonial Marines are using and whatnot. And even beyond that, him actually designing certain characters, like, of course, the exoskeleton, you know, it is simply a, a metal skeleton to a point, but it's right. very, you know, distinct in the image of it coming out of the fire. That's that's really primal and that's that's incredible. And then, of course, the alien queen, like, you know, and there's also, I guess, you know, um, on the Predator, like he was on the he's on the airplane of Stan Winston when Stan Winston was trying to redesign the, the creature for the movie. Mm-hmm. And. He was drawing something, and James Cameron's like, "I always wanted a guy with mandibles, you know, you, should, you know." And he, and Stan Winston's like, "Okay, sure." And that's why Predator has that that face. So, like, I, I just think he's got a great, like, he he's almost like a comic book artist in a way. He he knows what how visuals work, and I, I really respond to that as a kid. Like, did you guys ever have you guys ever seen any of his drawings, like his his stuff for the films? Just like in behind the scenes stuff, actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've seen, I used to have some books like on Terminator mm-hmm. and Aliens, which had some of his artwork in there. So, yeah. 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 So, the same for me as well. You know, and, and it's interesting that when you look at a lot of those um, drawings that he did for like uh, the first Terminator movie, like his storyboard and the designs he did for Aliens, it seemed like he was starting with just a black piece of paper. Yeah. And then he would build up on a build up upon that you know because again it plays back to what i was saying before a lot of his um lighting is playing against that light versus dark especially the darks which are very 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 dark you know so it makes sense that his design sense during those films would come out of that you know what i'm saying and it's funny when you bring it up uh, the first thing i thought of was like batman the animated series and the the same thing where it's just you're gonna start with a black piece of paper and you're gonna exactly you're gonna build up from that and speaking of which, like uh, Exogenesis, his like his basically his early, uh, it's not a student film, but you know it's a short film he made. Some of that is actually he just actually has his his uh, paintings and drawings, and the camera moves over them. And yeah. some of the tech there looks like it could go in the first t- Terminator movie. It looks like the same kind of stuff. Like I don't know what his influences are, or, or you know if he's a Mobius guy or what his thing is, you know. But like him and like Ridley Scott, those directors I think of who can actually draw, and like I would definitely just put some money down to see a book of their stuff. Oh yeah, totally. 
have you so like have you guys see i actually i only saw exogenesis for the first time um like four years ago i've always heard about it but you know it's easily found on youtube now Man, have I you love guys that. seen it i love that movie so much <laughs> it's probably one of my favorites to be honest just the, the, the lighting please, please, and the please elaborate uh i've never seen it i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about you haven't even heard of it though oh oh ec- exogenesis no no yeah i've heard of it yeah for sure hang on how do you spell that okay, again i'm gonna i think it. i broke Bill Paxton Dead Heart, and you just broke James Cameron's delivering one. I'm sorry that I didn't see his student film. No, I had no idea what you're talking about. No, so you Apparently, elaborate. He he got some money together from a bunch of different dentists and who yeah. had some money, hmm. which is like I, I didn't know that was a thing you could do, but I guess he did, and, and he made his movie and like it helped him get uh Terminator off the ground, I think, eventually. So is it a full length? No, no, it's like 25 or 30 tops or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. Hey. What what is it about? How can I just, how can we describe it? It's um... it's it's, ba- it's basically like his a woman warrior robots. It's it's almost like <laughs> aliens and Terminator uh, combined a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. But it's it, yeah. but it's almost like, it's like, it's like a hint. It's like it's like this is the opening to a like a big saga. Like he's just almost kind of shooting like the first twenty minutes of Star Wars and going, "There'll be more if you guys give me more money." That's. <laughs> I'll definitely check it out tonight. So you know what's interesting? You were talking about you know how he you know raised the funds for um, for Exogenesis, and that's very similar to um, how uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and those guys raised funds for The Evil Dead. You know they went to a bunch of dentists. You know, so wow. I guess if you want to get your <laughs> your little movie off the ground, find some dentists. You know, you know, I've seen some dentists with some nice cars. I, I could, I can see that. It's better than the Rodriguez method. Like Rodriguez, I believe he was a guinea pig in a, a, yeah. a facility, a medical facility. Which I'm like, that's that's you know, dope. Make... <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that. I remember reading that, and I was just like, oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> I think as a as a 16, 20 year old kid, it sounded cool, and now I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. Hmm. Pass yeah. on that. Uh, I, yeah. So speaking of directors and James Cameron's, like I, I feel like he's he's such a big figure, especially in in compared to some other directors, he actually has a small a smaller uh, you know catalog of films, but he's he has a huge shadow. Like wh- what directors like jump to mind? You think he, you feel his influence the most? Like Pete, is anybody you go like? There's some James Cameron in this guy's DNA. There's one guy mm. I, I kind of think a little bit, but you know who is that? And I think he's. It's uh your, your guy Nolan. Do you think there's any James Cameron in Nolan or not really? Christopher Nolan. I could see that. Yeah, no. I could see that. Maybe some of the lighting. I would say yeah. some of the lighting. Yeah. Again, I'm not like you know, I'm I'm not the the most savvy guy. I just I figured there's in some of his stuff, I I kind of felt a little bit of the lighting and a little bit of I don't know. James Cameron's kind of influenced action in general. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the sci-fi action. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, like visually, you know, there's there's really nobody who matches him because it's almost like he reinvents what he does movie by movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Especially now in recent years, in the past you know, decade or so, you know, um, like he'll even create the technology to get done what he wants. You know, right. but I think overall, it's just the influence that he's had in like sci fi and action movies, like especially with that. He's like the master of extended action. You know, like you see it first in Terminator. Okay, Kyle and Sarah 
have, they think they've finally killed Arnold, you know, beneath this rubble, the truck is blown up and everything. Oh, we made it. They hug. And then rising like a phoenix out of the rubble, fire and everything. It's the revealed exoskeleton <laughs> like yeah what's up guys yeah now. yeah you just talking exactly. about it. I, can, I can hear it. so yeah yeah so yeah. then it becomes extended from there same thing with aliens okay you thought it was over mm. no the alien queen is hanging outside of the of the plane you know thing and is back into the um the, the, the little port the spaceport to right. do final battle true lies you thought it was over? No. We're going to take this Harrier jet to the top of this skyscraper with this crane and everything. So it's always with Cameron, he's finding a way to extend the action, but do it naturally within the course of the plot and the story. And they link up together so perfectly. Like True Lies, prime example. You know, you're in the Florida Keys. They escape from the hideout and they're in the limousine trying to follow this bomb you know, across the keys, across that highway, you know what I'm saying? And the Harriers come in and blow it up, and then they find out, oh, it's the, they've kidnapped your daughter, Harry. Oh, but let me get this Harrier and go there. You know, everything syncs up, you know what I'm saying? And that's what Cameron is a master of. It's not a twist ending like, oh, you thought it was over, not yet. No, it's more like this, then this, then this, did this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes total sense. I actually hope he, when he he like, proposes films to like producers, that's how he he explains it to him. Basically, he's like, boom, boom. There's a story which I don't know if it's true at all, but I want to believe it. Is basically for aliens. Uh-huh. He walked into the meeting to pitch his his pitch. He wrote the word alien on a board, then he wrote an S at the end of it, and then he made the S a dollar sign, and he walked out. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually what happened, but I really want to believe that because that's. That's that's a, the biggest mic drop I ever heard. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be hilarious. But knowing James Cameron doesn't seem he doesn't seem that kind of guy. James Cameron looks like a really gruff uh, Jim Henson, basically, especially back in the day. <laughs> like that's Jim Henson true. had like a bad sandwich or something. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if he's got that. You know, although you know, watching the aliens uh, making of documentaries, him going back and forth with all the British guys on, on set and stuff like that. You're right. You know he. Yeah, he can definitely, you know, get into it. I mean, he's he's known as being a hothead, but like, I don't know. I speaking yeah. of which, okay, so I I've always, you know, I I I've worked with Mr. Peter Lee on some of his films. Um, they're not the highest budget movies, but I've always kind of had in the back of my mind it'd be cool for like a summer job to work on a big movie, just doing something like being being a best boy, holding a mic, whatever, for some big budget movie, just to do it, just to have it in my in my experiences. I don't know if I could uh, have a good time on a James Cameron set or not. Like, mm. so my question is like, if you're given the shot, like, hey, you can you can work on James Cameron's set, uh, would you do it? Uh, what would you like to be doing? And do you think you and James would get along, or do you think you'd probably just like, chop your head off eventually? Like, what, what do you think would happen? I would absolutely love to do that. And, and I think we would get along because I, f- I feel like there's a lot of like similarities between me and James Cameron, you know, it's Jim Henson thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like our Jack Jim Henson. Like, yeah, no, no. I just feel like we both uh, basically won't compromise for our vision. Like so a lot of people will say they want to do something, but then like they end up not doing it. Whereas opposed to, I feel like me and him, we both like have a goal and we pretty much don't stop until that goal is achieved. And 
we are like unwavering in our vision, whereas opposed to like we won't settle for like we we won't hear other people's ideas. We'll be like, no, shut the fuck up. We're doing it my way. It's my way or the highway. Which also in this. yeah, which also in turn makes people call us both assholes. So I feel like we're both very similar. I everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. The one thing I would caution you on is that sometimes when two very opinionated people who are very passionate and do not compromise they meet sometimes one of them their vision's different than the other guy and then maybe that's not a great combination well I don't if, know. if i'm working Jim, on if i'm working on his movie and it's his vision then i'll respect that but if he was working on my movie him. yeah then he oh. would have to respect me <laughs> okay if you, if that happened i want you to film the making of that movie every second i want to see yeah. you boss james cameron around yeah absolutely <laughs> all right that's pretty good okay adrian so would you would you get into like the like would you want to be, work on his set or what would you want to do oh man you know it would almost be so just because if you work in an art department he's gonna come by it's not like george lucas where george he, he knows what he wants but he can't draw he can just tell you what he wants whereas Cameron can draw, and he can probably draw better than you, you know what I'm saying, and tell you, no, that bone does not go that way. That is not how that is shaped. You need to make it more like this. And it's like, okay, all right, okay. okay. <laughs> Again, like like Pete said, it's his vision. It's his movie, so I got to tell to that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, there, there's, yeah, there's stories of him telling people how to blow smoke, like, like yeah. like very detailedly like no it has to blow like and it's like okay it's it is smoke i don't know how much control I have. you have control i can show you like he's, <laughs> his hands on like yeah. his bare hands on i think if i could do anything on set i just want to be like his like burrito guy so he's like totally he doesn't like as long as I give him a burrito he's like hey tony just hang and watch me do my thing i'm like great that's cool man is the burrito good it's great love it awesome i don't want i don't want to like interfere i don't want any artistic because I think that he, me and him, it just wouldn't work. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, in, like, recent years, um, I saw a featurette somewhere to where now, instead of, like, eating solid food, he had made soup for himself. And and he opens, this is so Cameron, he opens his refrigerator to show the interviewer, yes, and now I have, you know, I just use uh, these soups. They provide all the proteins and nutrients that I need on any given day. And they're all individually in thermoses. And that's what he was drinking. You know, I think this was around the time that he was doing like Dark Angel or something like that. Right. And I was like, oh my God, really? I could be his soup thermos dude, I guess. I mean, it's not quite as exciting, but like, that sounds yeah. exactly like his kind of thing. It's, it's, I don't know. He's, he's kind of, he is a, he's a Terminator. He is a cybernetic person. Like he's just kind of like functions to get things done the most efficient way possible like you said if you, need, if you don't have a camera for it he'll build a camera it's it's ridiculous yeah one more story that i wanted to add to that too is that okay. uh at the time he was um doing um aliens he was writing a screenplay for it he was also writing a screenplay for uh rambo first blood part two right right so at the same time he had determined he actually figured out the math of how he would do this he said well um, they're going to be about two hours each, you know, or roughly. No, no, no. He said they're going to be 90 minutes each roughly at the time. So he yeah. said, if I do uh, two or three pages of this 
and two or three pages of the other one per day. I should be able to knock it out by this date. So then that way I can finish them at the same time and get the money for both. And then I'll be able to do this. And it's like, wow. Driven. Yeah, I've heard, I forget, honestly, if it was from him or what, the, the, when I, while he was doing that, he had a lazy Susan with both scripts, and so he was, like, write for yeah. whatever, and then, like, move it back to Rambo, and then, like, and I, I kind of buy it. He seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I want to get him his, his soup burritos or whatever he's going <laughs> to eat. Like, that's, that's cool. I just want to take care of him. I want to take care of my Jimmy. Um <laughs> Beyond being a director, you know, I, I didn't realize, you know, he had a, a, a hand in a lot of films I liked. And so you mentioned Point Break. Point Break's a big one. You know, he um, he did a pass in the script and, and uh, he didn't get much credit for it or maybe any credit. But he's talked about, yeah, yeah, you, you know, he rewrote it to kind of what you saw on the screen. Are there any other movies of his or not of his uh, that he either produced or he wrote or did something with? You're like, oh, I love that movie. And, and you think that his uh, his his connection to it is part of that. Did he did he do anything on Blue Steel? Because I know Catherine Bigelow, um, whom he was involved with at the time, worked on directed Blue Steel. And the reason I say that is, it's like I can see him taking over for some of like the um, the action sequences, mm. you know. And that's not to say that Bigelow couldn't handle those on her own. I mean, she's a very capable action director in her own right. But certain things, certain telltale signs, you can say like. Hmm, that almost seems like Cameron might have made a suggestion, a, a very strong suggestion. You know, hey, let's do this here. Like, especially in Blue Steel, some of the lighting that's in there, you have some of that, you know, cyan lighting going on, you know. And right. He's like, yeah, my soup like thermos. I got something to say. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if he, uh, he did, but yeah, I kind of agree with you that it's it definitely a possibility. And I, I see, like, the, at that period, him and Bigelow, their work was really intertwined, so it's sometimes yeah. kind of hard to tell who brought what. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, what about you, man? I really enjoyed Battle Angel a couple of years ago. I didn't oh, see it, dude. Man, and you're hosting you know this podcast right now. The, the CGI eyes, just too big. Too big for me. Well, tell that yeah. to Cameron, man. I saw as he, as like, he throws did... the soup in your face. You know, they did a Sonic the Hedgehog thing and took the eyes down a notch. It's like, not enough, guys. It's too much. I should see it, though. It, it looks it looks pretty fun. It looks like... It's good. If it was animated, I'd totally be down with it. All right. It is animated. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it was like fully animated. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> For me, it's Stranger Things. Or, I'm sorry, not Stranger Things. Uh, Strange Days. Strange Days. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Strange Days. I, I, as a kid, I saw it on video, and I didn't realize it was kind of a bomb, but I thought it was great. And it was mm-hmm. one of those like uh, movies I always bring up to people and be like, um, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's it's great. And so mm-hmm. uh, he, it's a story he wrote. I think he wrote it before he did uh, Aliens, even like at least the, the original like screenplay. And the, you know they they changed it a bunch, but um, I always thought it was oh. a really cool story. And of course, mm-hmm. Catherine Bigelow directed it and did a great job. Ralph Fiennes is awesome in it. You know, it, it's 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 a good film all around. Yeah, yeah. Angela Bassett's like a badass in it. It's 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 oh, a yeah. cool movie. Yeah. And then what's her name? She was like the 90s queen for a while. Um, Natural Born Killers. Uh, Juliette yeah, Lewis. Yeah. Juliette Lewis Juliet is like Lewis a rock star. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very 90s. You know, it's about the future. It is very yeah. 90s. Okay. So speaking of the 90s, um, we got to talk about Avatar. We got to get to the Avatar of it all. Avatar, what year did it come out? I was going to say right. that has nothing to do with 90s. Is that is it 2000? <laughs> yeah, like not even close. My best segue yet. Was it 2003? 2008. No. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. We're gonna call it ninety ninety nine. Maybe maybe late summer of ninety. No. Okay. So, Avatar. <laughs> I saw Avatar in the theater, and I uh, I didn't hate it. A lot of people just straight up hate it. I didn't hate it, but I was I was let down a little bit, and yeah. I thought it was okay. But um, I thought it was, I was not too. Sorry. Pete, Sorry. No, hit, hit, no, 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 Pete, no, 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 no yeah, it was okay. Um, basically, my biggest takeaway from Avatar is like I saw it once. Like I don't know if I need to see that again. And then I kept I I heard that he's gonna make four more. I was like, is that all you're gonna be doing forever? Because you you know the clock's ticking, dude. So for me personally, as a James Cameron fan, I was like, I'm cool if you do like a trilogy of Avatars, but it's taken a while. And it's it, for me, I, I would I would rather you have a few other things that kind of happen. That's my personal take. So, Adrian, I, I would love to hear if you enjoyed Avatar and then what you think about um, how this is basically seems like they're going to be the rest of James Cameron's career now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, have only seen Avatar only one time. And I saw it in the theater, 3D, with the 3D glasses, yeah. you know. And the takeaway I had from it is, is that, wow, there are a lot of just mad ideas going on in there, you know, in a good sense. It's like, wow, this world has been, you know, thoroughly thought through, you know, the the mech, the um, flora, the fauna, the animals, the ecosystem has really been just well-developed. You can tell that this was a passion for Cameron. You know what I'm saying? But afterwards, I, I, I'm like you, Tony, I really didn't feeling the urge to watch it again man you know it was just like that was good that was okay okay it was, it's, it's almost as if i would be more interested in reading like the the making of book just to you know look at his designs and the background development of it and as far as like you know him making this almost his life's work um i would give him a pass when you do terminator t2 and aliens yeah, that your 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 card is done. You you get a pass. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that seems that seems fair. Like I, I also wondered, like you know, I am much older than Pete, and um, maybe I just aged out a little bit. Maybe I was like, if I, I I do honestly, not to be funny, I, if I would have saw if Avatar would have come out when I was sixteen, oh yeah, it, it would have been you know the shit. It would have been amazing. I, I and again, I didn't hate the movie. I just this didn't like totally do it for me. But Pete, I want to hear. I want to hear about the love of Avatar. Like, hit me with it. Come on, what do you got? I mean, well, you've seen this, like... I respect your dumbass opinion, and <laughs> I respectfully disagree. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, so, basically, when, they, when he said that he was going to be making Titanic, I was just like, what? You're going to make a three-hour love story about the Titanic sinking? And I was like, that's a terrible idea, James. And then it comes out, and it's a huge success, highest grossing film of all time, fantastic film. I was like, oh, fuck me. I guess it was a good idea. All right. And then, like, millions of years go by without him doing anything. And then he's like, I'm going to make a 3D movie. 
And I was just like, what? 3D? Like that? That's like so 80s. Don't make a 3D movie. That sounds like a terrible idea. And then uh-huh. he invents his own new 3D camera, which all the film companies use now, makes the 3D movie, and it once again becomes the highest grossing film of all time. I was just like, fuck. All right, I got to stop doubting this guy. And so then he says, I'm going to make four more of these movies. And at this point, I'm just like, you know what? It's probably going to do really good. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that he probably knows what he's talking about at this point. So I'm going to let him go ahead and do it. But that didn't answer your question. I liked Avatar. I thought it was really good. I, again, saw it in 3D. And I, a lot of people didn't see it in 3D because they this was like when the new 3D technology was just coming out. And they didn't understand that there was like a new 3D and so people are like, I don't, I can't sit through a 3D movie. And I, I really feel like that's where you make it or break it. Cause when you see it in 3D and that whole world, it's just so immersive and it's yeah, just, it's yeah. just insane. I mean, the, the action, the story, the love story, obviously the special effects, the visuals. And if you watch the Blu-ray, there's like a four hour making of documentary, which makes you appreciate it even more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, anyways, I know it sounds weird. Like I'm kind of with you or he's like, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if you should do four more of these movies, James, but then I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like he obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. I saw it in 3D and I, the 3D was pretty awesome. And, and of all the 3D films, that's probably one of the better experiences because it, it was definitely made to be that. Like a lot of these films, right. like, in a few years afterwards, they kind of tacked it on and you could tell it's like, I, it wasn't made for that. Um, with the sequels, like I, I, I totally want to be like, part two is is amazing and he's he's made two of the best sequels of all time so he knows how to do a sequel to his own material or someone else's so i got high hopes but i just you know it's it's how many years 2008 was when the first one came out and so i think 2000 uh, next year is supposed to be part two yeah you know i would have loved like one movie that wasn't avatar in the meantime and then you know I know he's drinking crazy like space soup so he can go underwater and stuff, <laughs> but dude is going to die eventually. I, I, I just would love for him to do something else. So do you guys have anything besides, I mean, I, I don't know how realistic is, is there anything you would love for him to do before he leaves this mortal coil movie wise besides avatar? Can we pause one or- second? There's someone at my door. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, sure. no problem. <laughs> <laughs> this has never that happened before. Sorry. Yeah, that give me a second to think about that. There you go, yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I can hear him explain that he's doing a podcast to whoever's at the door. It's pretty fun. Oh. <laughs> you caught me at a bad bring, time. I hope he brings a stranger in, like this off the street. He's like, hey, what do you think of James Cameron? He's like, oh, James, the Terminator? Yeah, yeah, I got some opinions. Okay. <laughs> It's like a Jehovah's Witness or something like that. He's like, just come on down. Talk, talk about Terminator. What do you think? I'm like, okay. Sure. Yeah, and they I'll just sidle in with Watchtower like, um. Uh. Right. <laughs> so I'll say my thing, but then you get to listen to my. Like, okay, sure. We'll, we'll trade off. We're yeah, fair trade. Fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who he brought back a friend. Uh, no, it's just food. I am truly, Pete. I'm truly sorry about that. We were discussing how we thought we were gonna you're gonna bring somebody in from the street, like so, like somebody came to the door, like, hey, what do you think of James Cameron, and just sit him on down and have him. My neighbor, oh, my neighbor, oh, just knocked okay. on the door and like made this. I don't know what it is. She what said is it? it. She said it's for Ramadan. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know what it is though. It's what's in the pickle jar? Something. It looks like salsa, maybe. Is it's not, it's definitely not. Uh... Wait, your neighbors just give you tribute? <laughs> so. Uh, this, we're, go, we're going off muscles? topic here. 
my my neighbor, my across the street neighbor, she I've lived here for like five years and she always bakes food or like cooks food and brings it to me. And I've never once asked for it. And I don't know if I've ever once eaten it. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. but it usually always happens when I'm prepping for bodybuilding shows where I, like, I genuinely can't eat the food. Like if it's not like chicken breast and broccoli, like I can't eat it. And she'll make like all these like pastries and like stuff like that. I'm just like, Oh, thank you so much. And then just immediately dump it into the trash can. Oh man. So I hope she's listening try, to this podcast. I'll try a bite of that. But you were talking about a stranger at my door. Did I, t- I'm getting off topic here, but did I tell you when I was awoken at two 30 in the morning by someone banging on my door? I think you did tell me, man. Hit the po- let's talk, talk about it real quick, and then we're, we're so move two two thirty in the no- morning. My doorbell rings, so I'm like, "What the fuck?" I jump out of bed, and the, for whatever reason, the first thing I think of is that it's my across the street neighbor, the lady that just brought me the food, because like she's always like right. knocking on my door, and I was like, maybe she's got like a flat tire, maybe she lost her keys or something. I don't know. I'm like half asleep, so I open the door, and it's this super shady like just cracked out guy and this is in the wintertime he's like can i come in it's so cold and i just like slammed the door shut like freaked out and i I slammed the door shut lock it and he starts banging on the door and the banging gets louder and louder and more intense he's like please just let me in and i am like you know this classic liberal with no guns firearms in my house and i was just like i'm gonna call the police so they call the cops and i'm like there's someone's banging on my door saying that he wants to come in they're like we'll send a unit out they never fucking came I, I laid in the fetal position on my couch for like three and a half hours until I had to go to work at six in the morning, like terrified that he was going to bust my door open and like stab my stab me in my throat. So hey, how long did he stay there, Dan Pete? So, banging on your door. Yeah, it, it went away. But then I was just like, you don't fool me. Like this guy, I know he's still out there. Like the second I opened the like the classic horror movie where she opens yeah. the door to see if the killer is still there. Like, hello? Is anybody? <laughs> so, yeah. So I just like stayed on the couch. Like, I know he's still there. I know he's still there. <laughs> Pete, at our age, you know how hard it is to make a new friend? You know how hard, you know, I would have I know. Them- he was just cold. I mean, he just wanted to come yeah. in and then murder me and then, like, butt fuck my dead corpse. <laughs> Pete, I mean, who doesn't want that a little bit? I guess Your neighbor, so. the food? I mean, maybe the food's the first, you know, yeah. crumbs to that bread house. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyways, James Cameron. Speaking of that. Okay. Um. <laughs> so James Cameron, is there any uh is there any kind of film you you would love for him to make in the meantime before he uh, he departs here? You want the Titanic 2? What are you, what are you waiting on? I want him to follow his heart. That's the PC answer. Well, I really wanted him to make Battle Angel cuz he was supposed to make Battle Angel mm. and I was following the pre-production progress for like a couple of years and I was super pumped. And then he was just yeah. like, actually, I'm going to work on more Avatar. And I was just like, you fucking idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> then, then, he, <laughs> then he said that, uh, you know, my other boy who I love as a filmmaker was going to direct it. And so I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm OK with mm-hmm. that. Robert Rodriguez is badass. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it, it would be cliche to say, yes, I would love him to do something that was science fiction related. But it's almost <laughs> as if. He himself, in in a way, has kind of aged himself out of it. Like he can still, he still has the vision. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost like most of the science fiction, many of the science fiction movies you see today, they're children of that generation, yeah. like us who saw those movies. So you're almost getting like all these little 
little Cameron Juniors in a way. <laughs> you know, n- nothing like ass. overt like him. He's the next James Cameron. No, it's just little things, the lighting, uh, some of the tech. Like, how many times have you seen a similar design for, like, you know, the Space Marines on, you know, other things, like the body armor, the the helmets? If you put one of the Colonial Marines in silhouette, you've seen that silhouette in numerous, numerous movies since totally. then. You know, all the stuff hanging off, the armament, the, the armament, um, the body armor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, even the shape so, of the gun and stuff. Yeah, totally. Exactly, exactly. So it's almost like, as much as I would love for him to go back to science fiction, I, I really don't think he should. You know, as far as as far as him doing something else, though, hmm, what would be cool for him to do to me, because I'm a history buff, is I would like to see him tackle another historical, you know, type movie. You know, because with his breadth of vision, because think, think Ridley Scott, you know, mm. think Ridley Scott doing like Kingdom of Heaven or something like that to where, oh, man, with his expansive vision and, you know, just how he sees filmmaking and everything, he can really make this great epic. And perhaps Cameron would have that in him, you know, just one one more time, you know, just take something historical that he could get that, you know, cool vision in and just make the hell out of it you know what i mean i'm convinced like i i'd be way into that i don't know what the event would be but as long as there's yeah. some violence <laughs> i'm yeah, okay with there's it. gotta be got violence. To. <laughs> yeah got to <laughs> yeah i think so okay before we get out of here real quick um i have one story i i think i don't know if you guys know but like do you have any real life stories about uh james cameron that you've always enjoyed like like anecdotes or behind the scenes that there's one thing i've heard i only heard it the first time this year and i was like holy shit that's amazing Okay. No. All right. Then I'm just I'm gonna oh, tell no. and tell me if you guys know this. You know uh, uh, the director Guillermo del Toro, right? Yeah. What was his name? His name is Guillermo del Toro. Oh, okay. You son of a bitch. You you said it more white the second time around. <laughs> it's true. I had to up it up. Well, you know, I, I, I was trying, man. Anyways, Guillermo. No. Um, so apparently, Guillermo del Toro's family his dad won a lottery years ago in mexico and they they have they're rich and so much later when uh i think del toro was doing a chrono so he was like he made a film but he wasn't like as big as he is now uh somebody kidnapped his dad held him hostage oh he went he went to james cameron james cameron's like here's a million bucks dude get your dad back james cameron gave him the money he got his dad back i don't know if those dudes were ever caught or arrested i don't remember that part of the story del toro tells this story in the podcast and I was like, James Cameron was the fucking, he's the guy. Here's a million bucks. That's crazy. But I want to know why he picked James Cameron. Like, uh, why is James, it like, James Cameron, Cameron will help? I think because the Kronos was being shown around like different festivals, they became kind of buddies. Mm. Oh, I think that's, but, but that's, okay. you know, this is before like Blade 2 and stuff, I think. Maybe he's doing Mimic at this point. Or and something. also, I wonder mm-hmm. if he ever paid him back. Like, if James <laughs> Cameron's like, yeah, hey, remember that million now, I lent yeah. you? Yeah. I don't want to bring up old shit, but. Dude. I think James Cameron, like losing a million, is like me uh, forgetting like like a two dollar, like two dollars or, or something in the laundry. James Cameron has so much fucking dough, like yeah, he's not sweating over it. That's my sure. theory. Wow, that's crazy though. Yeah. That is crazy. Story. Yeah. So you know, uh, evil Jim Henson, man, he's got a heart, heart of gold. <laughs> and and before we, we we cut out here, Pete, are you eating the food? What do you think? I don't know what it is. I can't tell. It's it's definitely deep fried or fried. Or something. It almost, I don't know. I honestly don't know. 
It tastes uh, it's acceptable. It's like fried. It almost tastes like uh, like an onion ring, but it can't be an onion ring. I don't know what that is. What do you think that is? It and she like specifically said it's for Ramadan, so I don't know anything about Ramadan food, dude. Uh, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It looks like calamari, honestly. The shape of it's kind of like no, it's yeah, from it's, here. I, yeah. I love calamari. But I, I doubt know. it's calamari. It, no, there's no, um, there's it's it's there's nothing. It's like bread. It's like fried bread that's a little spicy or something. There's no okay. meat of any kind in here. <laughs> All right, Adrian, you got anything you want to tell the people? They should check you out. Any any way to find you on social media or whatnot? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you can find me on YouTube um, on the Inazuma Studios channel, and that's I N A Z U M A Studios. And um, I have a number of videos on there. Uh, once you go on there, don't be scared away by all the heavy nerding out that I do, you know, on comic <laughs> books and film and other things, you know. Uh, but you find me there, and I also host co-host a podcast called Sidebar Forever. You can find this on sidebarforever.com. You can also find that on YouTube as well. Thank you, Mr. Peter Leon. Well, before I move on to promote myself, I would just like to point out that he said that you could find his podcast on YouTube, which I feel is a fantastic idea. And I've been telling Tony that we should have this podcast on YouTube too. And he he always just tells me to fuck off and says that it will never be on YouTube. So listeners, write in the comments if you want to see what we look like on yeah, youtube because yeah. not i feel like it's crossing platforms getting more listeners people can engage like right now i could be like hey what's up with that lethal weapon thing in the background is that like a vinyl like soundtrack or is that oh damn i was like oh hey how you know that yeah <laughs> well, what is that yeah but see if we're on youtube people would be like yeah i'm wondering what that is too but listeners would be like i have no idea what they're talking about right now yeah. So I'm, I'm going to cut the whole part out. Um, <laughs> hold on, Pete. What else, what else you got? <laughs> um, yeah, you, you can find me on my website, PeterLeon.org. Uh, my band is going to be in the studio next week working on our new record. So that'll be out soon. Cool. Dead Retina. Um, we'll look for world domination. All right. Before we get out here, guys, I want to make a friendship promise. We're all, we're all friends now. Um, Avatar 2 comes out. We do a, a sequel podcast and we discuss it. Absolutely. If our hopes and dreams were were dashed or, or fulfilled, we should that we should do like a commentary, a full length yeah. commentary while watching it. Okay, there he is, guys. Promise, podcast promise, promise forever. Promises, promises. Right. <laughs> happy Ramadan. <laughs> yeah, happy Ramadan.